Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast, and uh, I'm here with a brand new guest today, Samantha Gisette, and Samantha... Um, this is kind of be a really fun episode. It's a little bit different than normal um, in that the biggest reason I had you on was to highlight a really unique brand that you've established with your photography business um, in your marketplace. And we're going to get into that just a little bit. But thanks so much for making time to hang out with us. Yes, thank you for having me. And we actually had the chance to meet. Wow, let's see. This was back at the was it the Evolve conference. Yes, um, in February. In February. So it's been mm-hmm. three months or more ago, I guess, before everything kind of shut down. And, uh, and I was just fascinated by what you're doing. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of leave everybody hanging there, tease them with this really cool uh, brand position that we're going to... Normally, we would start with brand position in these interviews. We're going to actually save it for the end because I want to highlight what you've done. It's, it's pretty fascinating. So to get us started, uh, I'd love for you to, first of all, give us a little bit of context. How many years have you been in business as a photographer? I've been in business as a photographer for about five years, um, but I've been in the wedding industry for about 10. Okay. Wow. So you've got quite a bit of experience. And on that note, what what has been one of the most important principles that you have learned that enables you to provide a really great customer experience? Um, I would say it it may sound cheesy, but I like treating my couples more like friends and less like clients and really getting to know them on a personal level. Okay. And I think that truly like uplifts their, their experience and makes them feel comfortable with me like a friend. So a couple of things I'm curious about in this number one, it has become, and I think this is a good thing. It's become more commonplace for photographers to approach their interaction with their clients in this way, to make it more personal in nature. Um, yeah. And and so, but that also begs at least curiosity on my part, which is, does that, do you feel like that's still a, a distinctive enough or unique enough approach to doing business at this point that there are plenty of businesses that still don't take that approach? Um, I feel like a lot of photographers kind of do, but with, in my business, I feel like it's very important for my couples to be comfortable with me. Yeah. And I feel like when I get feedback from the couples that I have worked with, that's the number one thing that I'm seeing um, when they're reviewing me and their praises that they give me is how comfortable they were with me and that I do feel like a friend to them. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that and that obviously speaks significantly uh, of your ability I guess ultimately with with relationships, which kind of brings me to the second part of the question. I mean, you're talking about making the effort to create a more personal experience, to have a, a kind of a friendship style relationship with these clients. Is there 
um, kind of a definite point at which you draw a line in order not to get overwhelmed managing what you know becomes so many different personal relationships? Because I know that I can only, like, emotionally, mentally, I can only handle so many relationships at a time because I tend to like to throw myself in. You and I were having conversation actually before we started yeah. recording about how we tend to be a bit extreme um, in, in some of the things that we do. I am very much that way with relationships. I'm like, let's go. Let's do this. Like, let's go all yeah. in. But right. you, realistically, as business owners and as individuals, we can only juggle so many close relationships at a time. So that, that was a long Correct. way of asking, where do you draw the line in order to find some kind of balance? Um, well, we become friends. It's more of like the communication between myself and the couples, communicating as far as during their planning process okay. and then the day of and even afterwards. I keep in touch with my clients, mostly on social media, though. So it's not like we're becoming friends in person where it is taking okay. a lot of my personal time. But yes, it's, I would say drawing the line is keeping it a little bit more on the social side than. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a little bit more manageable and probably okay. a little more scalable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and kind of taking the, ultimately taking the formality of, out of the interactions, um, that, that really Correct. makes a big difference. And you're right. Like th- these, these people who are going to be in front of the camera many times, probably for the first time, um, or at the very least, they haven't spent much time in front of the camera before. They need to be comfortable in order for those pictures to turn out really, really great. So starting with that premise is important. Yes. Very cool. Well, let me transition to a different question then. I, I want to talk about time. And you've been in the wedding industry for a long time. You've been running business for quite some time. How do you manage to have a personal life and, and stay rested and have personal relationships amidst running a business? Are there particular principles that you apply that enable you to manage your time more effectively. Yes. And it took me a while to, to figure this out just because I started business when my kids were babies. Okay. Um, but now I just set guide, rules for myself and boundaries. Um, I don't take on more than two weekends, like two weddings a month. Okay. Just not only because it helps manage my time, but it helps like give me better or give better, um, experience to those actual couples. So definitely limiting what I take on per month. So I have the weekends still with family. And then I have a strict rule on my schedule as far as when I do work Hmm. on the business. Um, And I only work on the business when my kids are at school. So when I pick them up from school, I am home with them and having um, family time without any distractions. (laughs) Okay. But that's really interesting to me. So while they're at school, which would be roughly how many hours a week, let's say? Oh, I would say 20 hours a week. Okay. So you're, you're effectively running a full-time business and within 20 hours a week, which, um, I mean, it's, it's a one, one off case, but in my mind, this further proves the theory that I, that I have having been a wedding photographer myself, that most wedding photographers can probably run a business within about 25 hours a week if they're working efficiently. So you right. you've created the structure within which you have to work, which is the twenty hours a week while they're at school. Mm-hmm. Has that naturally forced you to work more quickly, more efficiently in that time Definitely. frame? Definitely. Okay. Yes. So I have to set schedules for myself, and like I even have like timers on my phone that each task is set to. So if I do that, but it also it, in the end, it makes me happier, and like you said, gives me a my own personal life outside of business, which is really important to me. Um, There are occasions where I'm having to take on like portrait sessions or engagement sessions on a weekday in the evenings, but it doesn't happen too often. And if I am gone on a portrait session, it's no more than two hours. So 
I think this is a really great example. Um, and and again, to, to further emphasize the significance, A, of efficiency, but B, of the reality, which is that most wedding photographers and, and even portrait photographers really don't need to spend any more than, we'll just call it 25 hours a week in right. their business if they are intentional, if they are proactive in their time management. Um, the reality, though, is it's very easy to get distracted and kind of do a little bit of this here and a little bit of that there. And some would mm-hmm. argue that they would rather have lack of structure. That's just, quote, who they are. But the reality is, first of all, we can do what we want to. We make choices. We have the ability to make choices that can translate to much more efficient workflow, which translates to more freedom, more flexibility. And then you can have that you can have that kind of lay around and do nothing or, you know, right. that sense of not having to be stuck within a structure in or I guess outside of that, those limited work hours. And I think it's kind of the best of both worlds. So that's a really for great sure. example for our listeners. I'm, I'm glad that you've highlighted this. Um, I want to keep going, though, and this actually ties into time management, outsourcing, delegation. Um, is this something that you've experimented with in your business? And if so, what's that experience been like? You know, I'm guilty. I do not delegate very well in the business end. However, I do delegate like the home stuff. So do you? Okay, cool. To- give myself time to focus on the business and then focus on the kids when they're home. I outsource by, I have a house cleaner, I get delivery groceries, which nice. normally would take me about like an hour and a half yep. or, or more to just go to the grocery store. Yep. Um, so I do outsource in that way. I have not outsourced in business quite yet. Um, but I feel like because I don't take on more than I can handle, I feel like I'm at a good spot right now to where I'm not really needing to, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, you, you've kind of proved that point with yeah. the, the schedule that you have. It's really impressive. And I like that you're doing some type of delegation. In this case, like you said, on the personal side of things with the cleaning, the grocery shopping. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm, so I'm a single dad and, and my kids are with me the majority of the time. And I, I've realized, I realized too, like the amount of time it seems to take, even if the, the list, the grocery list is relatively short, is it can be it can just really eat up a chunk of time um yes. going to just going to the grocery store and if you take just that piece of it out which is you know an hour here hour and a half there maybe 30 minutes or 45 minutes here and there um mm-hmm. and for whatever reason I, i'm not doing a very good job managing it so i end up going to the store multiple times a week which also kind of adds to the inefficiency it's funny to think about right. how even just that one element of my life if i was to delegate that elsewhere how much time I could save. And, and of course, that would free me up to spend more time with my kids, for example. Yes. Um, I, I think it's a really interesting and, and, again, a really great reminder for all of our listeners. I am curious, though, for the sake of conversation, is are there certain things that have made you apprehensive about delegation on the business side? Or is it more just, hey, you know what? It's not taking me that much time. I'll, I'll just go ahead and do it myself. I would say both. Okay. It's not taking that much. I feel like I'm not really needing it quite yet. If I, like you said, do a stay on task. But there is that piece of me that is I have I have a little bit of a control issue when it comes <laughs> to my work. So I, I get it, me too. <laughs> I feel like um if I were to hire like a VA or even an editor, I I just just trying to figure out if that's for me. I don't know if I'd be able to let go of control quite yet. So Well, I do find it interesting that you've been able to kind of narrow your work week down to about 20 hours a week without delegation. A lot of, or at least on the business side, a lot of the photographers that I've talked to who have been able to to narrow down the the work hours in their work week are are able to do so because 
they have delegated stuff on the business side, you obviously right. are working really efficiently. So that's impressive. I can only imagine, like, if you're only working 20 hours a week now, if you're not, if you started delegating stuff on the business side, it, it, like mind blowing the amount of time that you would have in a week, it's kind of crazy right. to think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've considered, considered doing some delegating, like trying to navigate this advertising business on Pinterest and all that stuff. It's oh, okay. just trying to even get dive into it is taking a lot of mind space and time, but maybe it, I'll get there. It's yeah, you know what? We just did a, I'm trying to think if we released it. Um, I'll have to go back and look. We've done so many interviews in the last couple of months or so while we've been in quarantine, but um, we just not very long ago did a, an episode on Pinterest um, ah. with a photographer uh, who I met at a different conference. And, um, quite a bit of her business is coming through Pinterest. We've also done a couple of other episodes. So by the time this comes out, for everybody listening in, we'll make sure that we link to all of our Pinterest-related episodes in the show notes. And for those of you listening in, if you just go to bocapodcast.com, you can click on the episode and you'll see the show notes for that episode underneath. So it'll be links to all the resources we discussed, the talking points from the conversation. Make sure that you take advantage of that uh, as you can. And then I'm curious, Samantha, do you... You know, inspiration, this is kind of a, it's almost a cliche topic these days, but there is some significance to it. I find inspiration in a variety of things um, that drive me to be a better human, that drive me to be a, be a better you know, business owner. Um, do you find inspiration somewhere outside of the photography industry that kind of pushes you? I do. I, it, this may be a cliche answer, but I feel like traveling and um, even magazines, I find a lot of inspiration in. Um Traveling, especially just not just like the landscapes and the amazing, beautiful things that you could see when you travel, but it's just being around other people, other cultures. I love architecture and finding that's more like the creative inspiration, I would say, is is from traveling. Okay. And then like, how does that translate? Uh, because and I can I can relate, by the way, I love to travel, even if it's just stateside and, you know, walking through right. airports and seeing people and, and actually looking at magazines. I love to look at magazines. But yeah. how does that translate to your work um, more specifically? I don't know. I just having my eyes open to to unique spaces and different things. I, no matter where I go, I'm imagining having a couple there running through that space and taking photos of them. Really? OK. Um, yeah. So is it kind of like visual perspective then? For sure. Yeah, yes. because it can be it, it can become a bit monotonous. Um, I mean, I know having shot weddings for about ten years myself, and I was working in um, the Chattanooga market, Chattanooga, Tennessee market, the majority of the time. And there's some pretty places here, but um, some not so pretty. And some, you know, you end up shooting at some of the the same locations during the wedding mm-hmm. season or from year to year, and um, it it can be easy to become robotic in those instances where you don't have the most inspirational locations or you've been there, you know, five, 10 times before. And so having a different perspective can lend some fresh ideas then where you, where you go to that shoot the next time, whatever the location, um, and you can start to apply some of what you saw elsewhere. Yes, for sure. That's cool. That's really cool. Talk to me about um, a book, an impactful business or self-help book that you've, well, it just made a big impact in your life in the last few years. Um, this probably has been answered already, but I just finished Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis, which I read her first book, which is more on the self-help side and the Girl Stop Apologizing is more for like business minded people. Really? Okay. Um, and I, I love Rachel Hollis period, just following her on social media, but her book, um, is 
incredible. Her first one, is it Girl, Wash Your... Girl, Wash Your Face. Wash Your Face. Okay. I'd, I'd heard that one. That's yeah. been brought up on the podcast before. I don't think I've heard of this particular one. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's just, it was the one right after um, Girl, Wash Your Face. And okay. it's definitely more for the business-minded it's geared towards women, but it, I feel like a man could read it as well. Sure. But it's basically like all about like conquering your fears and doubts, but also um, all the like getting through the limiting beliefs and all everything that you believe from your from childhood or current life or problems that you've had in your life and getting through it and making you believe or understand that you are worth going for your dreams basically is the gist of it. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to put yeah. that in the show notes then. And yes. as I mentioned earlier, for our listeners, com, we'll put a link there probably to the book on Amazon. And shout out to Haley, who produces our show and puts these show notes together. She'll put those in there, put the link to that book there in the show notes. And, and also, um, side note, Boca, B-O-K-E-H, bookshelf.com for everybody listening in. We put the most popular book recommendations from the show. Um, we've done over 400 episodes now. Um, that are there at that kind of dedicated site. So make sure you go check that out too. If you're looking for something to read, I highly recommend going and checking that out, bocabookshelf.com. But let's let's actually jump, Samantha, into our primary focus from the conversation today. Perfect. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to create a niche in your market. And in your case, you have quite the niche. Um, and we, yeah. again, when we met at this conference and we were chatting, I was just kind of blown away. I'm like, oh my word, this is the coolest thing. Can we do a podcast together? Um, and we can talk about it, but you you have one of the most interesting brand positions that I've ever heard from a photographer. So will you just start us off by sharing what that brand position is there in your marketplace? Well, I offer all-inclusive elopement packages, and that includes my photography, planning, and design. I create um, the florals for it and um, also the photography as well. And then I actually offer officiating as well. And, but, okay. So, so just to be clear for everybody, cause this is still mind blowing concept to me. You do all of that yourself. I mean, like this is, it's like a one-stop yes. shop and you provide it all. Yes. The only thing I don't do is the hair and makeup, which I, it's still included in my package. You're slacking, I, man, Samantha, come on. Like you, you're going to have to, you're going to have to step <laughs> it off here. <laughs> you're only doing like six other things already. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'd still offer it in the package. That way it's just an easy thing for couples to, all they're doing is booking me. And if they're in a travel destination, they're booking their travel, but everything else that has to do with their elopement is included and they don't really have to think about it. Okay, so this is, I mean, elopement photography, first of all, it's become more popular over the last couple of years. Yes. You hear a lot of photographers yeah. talking about it. And so if you were just to say, and what market are you currently based in? I'm in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, so if you were to say in that marketplace, and I, I'm sure there are gobs of photographers, yes. um, that you were an elopement photographer, that in and of itself would not stand out. So one of the things that right. we've talked about on the podcast numerous times now when it comes to brand position is one of the ways to create a distinct brand position is to offer a variation on a service that ideally doesn't already exist, or if it exists, it, it, you know, it's not very commonplace. And in your case, you have done just that. You've created a variation. It's not just elopement photography. You offer all-inclusive elopements. And mm -hmm. you literally all inclusive with the exception of, of course, the hair and makeup. But um, this is a really fascinating concept. And what I wanted to kind of do is is share with our listeners how you went about establishing this brand position. I know when you and I were chatting before I started recording, um, the, the first thing we were talking about were 
how was how you wanted to combine your interests. Um, yes. Can you break that down a little bit and talk about your background in planning to begin with? Well, I am. My background is in wedding planning. So when I started in the wedding industry, I was a wedding planner and designer. I have a degree in interior design, actually. Um, so I. I've always been a photographer on the side and a hobby, but once I started making that, turning that into a business, I've fallen more and more in love with the photography end and working with couples, especially. So when I decided to not offer wedding planning anymore, I felt a little bit brokenhearted. So I still wanted to, to have a piece of that um, interest and experience in what I do. So including that in an elopement by planning their day creating like an elopement experience for them and having the design aspect of creating the, the florals and all that was a way to make me still be able to have that love in my life. And then what's your background in photography? How did you end up getting into photography specifically? Photography was just a fun, creative outlet for me. Okay. Um, I've always been an artist. I love to draw and paint too. So it's just another aspect of creativity. Um, so I bought myself a tiny little, I don't even remember what it was called, a little camera when I was 18. And ever since I've just kind of played around with it. And I was the one at family functions, taking candid pictures of everybody and then surprising them with photos after. And so that kind of progressed. And then when I had kids, I got better equipment and just slowly have been building up my equipment since then. And then it progressed into actually creating a business out of it. Wow. Okay. So you got the photo, yeah. the planning background that you have experience and you said you studied design as well. How do you, yes. like, how does, how do you translate the design to the elopement packages? What does that look like? I feel like it's more of like designing an elopement experience. Okay. And um, there's definitely pieces of like, depending on the package that my clients get, I am creating their bouquet, making sure all the pieces go together as far as like the style and the feeling that they want in their elopement. Um, so having that design background really does help get them what they're envisioning for their day. And then how are you, I know we're kind of getting in the weeds here, but I'm curious when you're, because I'm on your site right now, the, under the elopement section, you have price point for anywhere in California and then a price point for everybody anywhere in the U S and a price point for anywhere in the world. How are you mm -hmm. planning for the florals when you're traveling, when it becomes a destination wedding? So I, if it's anywhere in the U.S., I have yet to do an international elopement. Okay, okay. So anywhere in the U.S., I will research uh, flower growers in the area. Wow. If for some reason it becomes difficult to where I don't think I could get my hands on the flowers myself to create it, yeah. which I usually can, and I'll do it in the hotel room <laughs> or in the parking lot from the back of the car. Sure. Um, but if I, for some reason, I'm having a hard time sourcing actual growers and flowers that way, then I will research a local florist and just purchase a bouquet and boutonniere from them to match the style and just pick it up wherever that is. Okay. So we start, and, and again, for everybody listening in, I wanted to highlight this, this brand position because it is so unique. It's a great example of a distinct brand position, i.e., a service being offered by a business that is unique to the marketplace. A lot of photographers are guilty. I mean, and, and I've spent close to 20 years now in the industry and I've seen this and in some ways I've probably been guilty of it as well as a photographer in years past, but um, a lot of photographers are guilty of just kind of copying and pasting what they see their favorite photographers doing. Uh, and rather than actually looking for an opportunity to do something that, that stands out and anymore, you know, having a, a particular Lightroom preset as your so-called editing style or 
saying you focus on relationships, as we were talking about earlier. Um, and, and the list goes on. These various things that you hear over and over again from photographers, they're just not enough to set us apart anymore. And we have to make a little bit more of an effort in order to create a brand that stands out. And Samantha has done just that. So I wanted to kind of get into how she went about this. And I think it's a great example for everybody listening in. But as you can hear, uh, Samantha has created a brand position, first of all, that's rooted in in her interests. And I and of course, that com- it combines planning, design, and photography all into one, which is brilliant. I mean, it's like you got best of all worlds here, Samantha, which is so cool. <laughs> but then the second piece, of course, uh, and we've already alluded to this, but is how then that brand relates to the marketplace. Is there another company that's offering this particular service or are there many other companies that already offer this particular service? Is there an opportunity, a hole in the market to jump into to fill? And so what did this, what did that look like for you, Samantha? Did you, did you realize going into this already that there was nobody else doing it quite like you were going to, to offer the service or did it take a little bit of market research? Um, I started to realize it pretty quickly. Um, like you said before, there are a ton of photographers in my area, especially. I did see maybe a few different businesses had offered all-inclusive, but they weren't the ones doing it all. They were hiring, outsourcing, but I only found a couple. Uh, so the more and more I got into it, I started realizing like my uniqueness is that I'm the one who's creating it all and doing it all. So I feel like it didn't take too long to realize that. I feel like now through this pandemic that we were going through, I'm noticing more and more starting to create things like this to try to um, navigate like the new way of getting married. Um, So, well, but but the cool thing is you were, you were kind of one of the first there, right? If people, if people now follow in your shoes, um, hopefully at this point, there's been enough of an effort in marketing and SEO and so forth that, people know that you were already there and everybody else is just kind of copying what you're doing, if you will, uh, for lack of a better description. But it's, it's cool that you made a move in, the, in that direction first. And right. I, I want to give you props for that. And again, for creating a brand position that actually is distinct, that stands out. And, and so again, for everybody listening in, just to give context to the conversation, Samantha started with her interests and then she looks at the marketplace and can see that there's a wonderful opportunity to do something that is truly unique, particularly when it comes to offering all these services herself. But then Samantha, you mentioned to me earlier that you then took it next level and saw an opportunity to actually get ordained so that you could offer officiating as part of this packages or set of packages as well. Talk to us about that. So it was actually, I was helping plan um, a Palm Springs elopement. And then I had another client that wanted a Sequoia National Park elopement. And as I was researching, I've always included efficient in my all-inclusive package, but I was hiring an efficient. But because these were in areas outside of my local area, I was having a hard time finding efficients that were responsive and that I could trust and that I could, uh, that my clients could trust. And it was becoming kind of a loophole that was going nowhere. Mm. Um, So then I was, as with my experience as a wedding planner, I've had many clients hire or ask one of their friends or family members to get ordained to marry them to make it a little bit more personal. And I was like, well, if all these people are able to do this, I'm going to start looking into it. Um, So I looked into it. It actually wasn't too hard to get ordained. And to everyone's big question is, how are you being the efficient when you're the one who's taking the photos? 
So I made sure I created something simple and I educate my clients ahead of time. Like you're not going to have that efficient standing with you. I'm not going to be there standing with you, guiding you through your, your vows. Basically all they need to do is write their vows. So they're saying their vows to each other. They do the ring exchange and they could create basically in their own words, however they want their ceremony to go. Wow. And the only thing that I need to do as their efficient is ask if they if they take each other in marriage, and then I pronounce them hu- husband and wife, and I'm able to do that from behind my camera. That is wild. Well, yeah. okay, so I somehow I had it in my head that you were like maybe I don't know standing there with some kind of a remote, and you got the camera <laughs> on a tripod, <laughs> and you, this really no. cool scenery in the background, and and you're do, you're doing the officiating while simultaneously like pushing a button in this little remote behind your back or something. <laughs> no. no. So I just tell them ahead of time, like it, you're choosing to elope, which is already non-traditional. Yeah. Um, so if you're having me, it's going to be just a step more into that, which it creates a more personal elopement. I feel like anyways, yeah. I've always felt like when I shot elopements before I offered officiating, it seemed, it seems kind of awkward that there's this third person there that they hardly know right. already. Yeah. And I know it's like the traditional thing to do, but once I started offering this, all my clients were ecstatic. Like they, they were so excited that they could just eliminate that third person that they really didn't know. And I could just basically make it legal for them from behind my camera. And it makes a really personal, beautiful ceremony by eliminating that, that other person there. That is really, really cool. Okay, so do you yeah. give them a some type of a, a template to follow when it comes to writing I, out their vows and the ring exchange? I do okay. give them, I give them advice. I ask them if they need help for one. Most okay. of them just kind of write their own vows, but I kind of give them a little bit of an outline of how the ceremony is going to go. Yes. So they don't get up there and look at me like, what's next? What's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to tell them what's next throughout it. It's yeah. more like kind of natural. Um, I tell them ahead of time, so this is how it's going to work. Start with this. And I always give them time to just kind of take each other in before they start their vows, mm-hmm. like talk about how they're feeling and just hug on each other. And it kind of relaxes them before they start saying their vows and doing the ring exchange. And yeah, but it does go pretty quick. It's like really, really fast ceremony. Really? How long on average? I would say five, five to 10 minutes. Okay. That. All right. Yeah. And then I guess the last question for you. Well, and actually before I ask this last question, I think I think this really sums up beautifully what I was talking about earlier, which is how to create a variation on a service. You've kind of taken that next level. You started with, you know, creating a, a brand position again, and for everybody listening in, a brand position is not the end all be all when it comes to marketing a, a business, but it's a really important piece of the puzzle. And a lot of photographers have kind of left it out of the marketing, their marketing efforts. So that's one of the reasons that we highlight it so much here on the podcast, but you started Samantha with your interests and saw an opportunity to combine your interests to create this unique business model. You looked at the marketplace and were able to even further refine your, refine your brand position based on what was going on in the marketplace. And you did that well, at least partially by then further developing a skill set, which enabled you to kind of take things next level. And then of course offer officiating in addition to all the other services that you do with your brand, which is really, really cool. And and I think that's a really great breakdown of how to go about creating a distinct brand position in your marketplace. But I do have one last question that has to do with the pricing because you're juggling a lot. 
Um, and, and to be clear, you're you're charging a premium. I mean, forty five hundred dollars starting is. I think that puts you in like the top three to five percent. Actually, five to seven percent within the U.S. market, anyway. Uh, and the prices mm-hmm. that photographers are charging. So it's a premium, but you're doing a lot for that amount of money. Have you been able to right. come up with really efficient workflows that enable you to work? Well, ultimately, work efficiently so that you're maximizing profit. Yes. Yeah. I feel, and I've going back into pricing. I've I've even had with this forty five hundred what I'm offering for California elopements. I've had clients say, "Why aren't you charging more?" Really? <laughs> but because it does include everything. Yeah. Yeah. But as I break it down, I'm still like in my own. I I feel like I'm still profiting enough that makes me happy. So that's why I haven't raised them quite yet because I just, I don't know. I feel like this is a comfortable spot for me for now. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I mean, yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad price. I was just curious um, <laughs> when, it, when it came to charging that price point. I, I mean, when I right. was last shooting weddings, for example, and I'm in a Chattanooga, Tennessee market, which is a small market, conservative market. There is some money here, but but you wouldn't expect to be charging, you know, let's say California prices, for example. But mm-hmm. we were actually charging anywhere from four to seven thousand dollars starting, and then going up from there, um, depending on one or two photographers. And so, and, but that was just for photography. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, it's it's amazing that you're able to, um, and not amazing like I'm, you know, I can't believe it, but like really cool that you're able to charge this price point, able to offer all of these services. But apparently, you've got a great workflow and efficient enough workflow that you're still able to profit um, when it comes to time management after the fact. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I really broke down like the cost of what it takes me to create these elopements. Okay. And because, because I can create the florals my, myself and I have that experience when I'm buying from the growers, it's not like what you would, would pay a uh, florist. Yes. Definitely. I am the one creating it. So there is my labor into it, but I feel like I, I thoroughly enjoy every piece of these elopements and I have fun doing it. Um, so when I look at what I'm profiting from these and how much fun I'm having, I, I feel like it's great. Win-win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been really cool. I, I really can't thank you enough for making time to share with me. And then certainly our listeners, of course, your very unique and beautiful brand. Can you just remind our listeners where they can find you, not only your website, but also on social media? Yes, I'm mostly on Instagram at samantha.josette, that's J-O-S-E-T-T-E. On Facebook, here and there, at Samantha Josette Photography. Okay. Um, yeah, and then my website, samanthajosette.com. And by the way, your Instagram feed is just beautiful. Um, oh, so thank you. for those of you listening in, you're going to want to go take a look. Um, speaking of inspiration, this is definitely a place that you're going to find inspiration. It's really, really lovely. Uh, make sure to follow Samantha there, Samantha.Josette. And then um, again, SamanthaJosette.com. We'll put all of this in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. And thanks once again, Samantha. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.